Welcome to the Inside Out Life, the podcast where we strive for inward reformation that inspires outward transformation in every area, marriage, family, faith, and life. I'm your host, author, and pastor, Chris Schimmel. We've talked in my last two podcasts about breaking habits and breaking cycles. Today, I want to talk to you about breaking barriers. So an experiment was done once with fleas jumping. (laughs) Now, why anyone would ever want to do an experiment on the jumping ability of fleas, I really uh, don't know. But it was done. (laughs) Our tax dollars hard at work, I guess. This is what the experiment entailed. Several fleas were placed in a jar, about eight inches tall, with the lid off. And the fleas easily jumped out of the jar. They jumped 12 inches, 15 inches, 18 inches high, and more. You know, doing front and back flips and twists and sticking all their landings. But then, for three days, the lid was put back on the jar. And when they took it off, Every single flea only jumped to just under the height of the lid. And so here's what happened. For those three days, these fleas were (laughs) jumping fools, you know, thinking they could jump to their 18-inch-plus potential and out of the jar and do their flips and, and, and twists just like before. But every time they did, they hit that lid with a thud. And after they had done this about 30 times, they learned to escape the pain of smashing into the lid, they could only jump about seven and a half inches. Now, what was interesting was the fleas in this experiment never again, ever again, jumped to more than seven and a half inches for the rest of their flea-bitten lives. But Even more bizarre than this was their offspring. Every one also never jumped to more than seven and a half inches of height their whole lives. The name that they gave to this experiment was training fleas. And I've come to learn that we humans can be trained just like fleas. We can be trained to erect invisible mental barriers that can limit potential in life. The most well-known barriers along these lines are barriers that people's minds erect when they're part of homes that are laced with dysfunction. When kids or adults butt their heads up against brick walls time and time again, walls of shame and blame and abuse and manipulation and rejection and abandonment and conditional love that really isn't love at all. Eventually, lives that had 18 plus potential, or that is 18 inch plus potential, recalibrate to seven and a half inches and no more 
for as long as they live. And often, that somehow creates so much doubt in their minds. They don't just live limited lives. They communicate their limited potential to their kids. And their children grow up with a potential that is no better than their parents. Seven and a half inches, and that's all. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 9 says, The sins of the parents will be visited upon their children to the third and the fourth generation of those who reject the Lord. And to reject the Lord means to sin against Him. When we sin, we sin against our children as well as ourselves. Everyone, everyone pays a price. How many of you have heard of the term affirmative action? Studies were done of the treatment of African Americans from the inception of slavery up through the civil rights movements in the mid-1900s. And it was determined that all of the ill treatment of blacks over the centuries, and really not just blacks but all minorities, had created a kind of generational squelching of potential. And Anglos were responsible. Affirmative action theorized by affirming programs that we can reverse the damage. And so affirmative action was born. The term was first used by President John F. Kennedy in 1961. And I think most of us know the results. Minorities were given preferential treatment in college scholarships and in school programs and in governmental hires and other opportunities. Actually, school is still out as to the overall effectiveness of this program, but one thing that it did was it admitted that we know there's a problem and we tried to fix it. Have you ever thought something like, I'm not smart enough to do that certain job or to reach that certain level or to acquire that certain promotion? Or have you ever thought, if something good happens for me, it will all just fall apart? Or something will happen to jinx it, because it always does. Or have you ever thought, God won't give me that blessing, or that job, or that promotion, or that raise, or that relationship because he isn't pleased with me, or he wants to punish me, or he hates me, or he must consider me lesser? Or have you ever thought, I'm not as good as my brother, or my sister, or my parents, or some other people. I'm a, I'm a screw-up. I'm a, I'm a failure. I'm a bad person. I'm never going to amount to anything. Friends, these are seven and a half inch thoughts. <clears throat> We've been trained to think that way by the different influences that have emerged in our lives. We are held back by an imaginary barrier 
but it's not there. Like the lid that was taken off of the jar, it's not there. What causes these kinds of thoughts? Well, certainly to a degree, dysfunction and other influences in our lives. But there is another source, and that is the guilt and the shame that we feel just because we sin and because we are sinners. And we don't make the connection because it sounds too simplistic or because we would rather blame something or someone else. But you see, our guilt speaks to us almost subliminally. Messages that whisper, you're bad. You don't deserve blessing. You should be punished for your actions or your thoughts, or your words, and your punishment is God's curse. He's going to keep you down. And because of our sinful condition, our guilt will lie to us and will tell us that we only have a seven and a half inch potential. It almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. We think it and it happens. And honestly, this is the greatest squelcher of potential in the human race. More than dysfunction and other influences. We need to replace these thoughts with the redemptive thinking of Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. You see, in Him, we are new. Our living is new. Our morality is new. Our thinking is new. Our bodies, our minds, our souls, and our spirits are new. And if we surrender to Him, we are a new creation. We are new creatures in Him. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ... That person, man or woman, boy or girl, is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. Now, it doesn't mean the moment we come to Christ, our thinking changes from a uh, burger-flipping potential to a CEO potential. It means once we are His, he gives us his spirit, and the divine actually lives inside of us, which gives us the ability to dismantle the imaginary lid over our lives because now we are king's kids. All we need to do is follow his lead to press into God and let the healing that he has for us begin and allow our faith in Him to arise. And soon, we'll begin to see our 18-inch-plus potential restored. And we will understand what Philippians 4.13 really means, that in Christ I can do all things. So if we were to rewind the Bible back to Exodus... In the Old Testament, we would find that the people of Israel 
were exhibiting <laughs> uh, seven and a half inch or less thinking. They'd been treated as slaves for 400 years before God delivered them. And it didn't matter that uh, during this deliverance, they had witnessed astounding miracle after astounding miracle at the hand of God to set his children free. Still, it seemed there was nothing that they could do to quit thinking like slaves and start thinking like God's kids. Every time they encountered a difficult hurdle, instead of thinking, God is all-powerful, and we've seen it, and we're his kids, so, so we can get through this. Instead, they said to Moses, aren't there enough graves in Egypt so that you had to bring us here into the wilderness to die? And if they said this once, they said it dozens of times. When there was no water, they said it. When there was no bread, they said it. When there was no meat, they said it. When they encountered enemies, they said it. And every time they encountered a crisis, God would do another amazing miracle to provide for them. And still, when they faced the next trial, they said it again. And so each time, God proved his power and his love for them. And that he knew that they had an 18-inch-plus potential. But they were held captive by a seven-and-a-half-inch and lower slave mentality. God had set them free, but they were still slaves. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11 tells us, These things happened to them as examples for us, and they were written down to warn us. Okay, so I have a pet peeve. There's a, a commercial theme that has been prevalent uh, now in our world for quite a few years. And uh, it's really, honestly, an inspiring theme. It targets kids from difficult backgrounds. Kids that may have grown up with difficult homes um, and their lives being difficult in those environments and they may have grown up with poverty and and with ghetto type mindsets and so forth that may produce thinking that could hold them back and that part is good and it's inspiring and we've probably all seen the commercials with this theme they feature positive and courageous attitudes and and goals and they say you you can work hard and you can be tenacious and, and you can be unswerving in your pursuits. And if you do, you can be great or you can be rich or famous. You can be on top. You can rise above your circumstances. And causes me to cheer for these kids in, in tough situations. Um... There is a part of the theme that just grieves me. Actually, there are three things. First is the motives. You see, these commercials aren't so interested in the kids being great as they are in selling a product. What ends up happening is truth is often padded with deception. 
no product is ever as good as they suggest it is. And the chances of it truly helping that kid reach greatness is slim to none. And I'm sorry, but Gatorade isn't going to make anyone great. The second problem that I have with this theme is the objective. Greatness or independent wealth, either one, is not a wise or, in most cases, a feasible objective. Jesus made this clear when he said to his disciples, don't seek to be great or rich. It's better to be humble and rich toward God. He said to them, just be happy that your names are written down in heaven. And he said, the greatest of all has discovered that the secret of being happy is just being a contented servant. Humility is a higher place than what this world deems to be greatness. Cleaning toilets for the kingdom of God is a higher calling than CEO for a Fortune 500 company. And Jesus would say to us, go and learn what this means. And all of these commercials are misleading people into wrong thinking about what greatness truly is. And ultimately, it's leading them into another kind of lid that they place over their potential. My third gripe is the results most kids um, seeking the kind of greatness that the commercials challenge them to go after don't get there. They just don't. And the few who do find out that this greatness doesn't offer the fulfillment that the commercials promise. It's the problem with commercialism. It lies. It actually fits First John's description of worldly thought processes. It says in First John chapter 2, verse 16 and 17, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world, and the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but the one who does the will of God abides forever. These kinds of pursuits do nothing to address the real barriers in people's lives. My experience is the real barriers that keep people at seven and a half inch potentials in life are related to sin in one way or another. The sinfulness in us, the sin we do, and the sin done to us, these are the barriers that keep people back and down in life. The kind that lie to us and say, you'll always be a seven and a half inch thinker. And that's all. Just Egyptian slaves forever. You see, barriers of pride and unbelief and hatred and fear and unforgiveness and mistrust and feeling worthless and feeling rejected is what happens. These are the kind of barriers that need to be broken in people's lives so they can be all that God 
intended for them to be. So I want to finish talking about the spiritual process of reprogramming the mindset of a life in Christ from a seven and a half inch potential to a sky is the limit potential. And really, it's quite simple. First, come to Him. When we come to Him and receive His forgiveness, He makes us a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Old things are passed away. All things are become new. And when we do that, the makeover has begun. Number two, grow in Him. Let the concerns of your past life fall off and recalibrate your focus. As Philippians 3.13 says, forget those things that are behind and reach forward to those things which are ahead and press toward the prize of the upward, upward call in Christ Jesus. Grow in Him. It's an upward call. Number three, heal in Him. See, as we grow, Romans 8.29 says, we become conformed to His image. As that happens, God's Spirit exposes the spiritual issues in each of us that hold us back. And He begins to mend them. Healing might be defined as simply come to realize God's affirming love for us anyway, in spite of those issues in our lives. And number four, discovery in Him about who we are and how He made us and learning to walk in the assurance of His approval of us as we are. I've heard it said that success is discovering what God made us to do and then doing it. Psalms chapter 37 verse 23 says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. In Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord. With all your heart, do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. If you want to ensure that the barriers blocking your potential in life are broken, these four steps will get you there. Guaranteed.